Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I thought uh, they were like one of the ones that got accused of plagiarism, but perhaps I'm confusing them with someone else. It's not ringing any bells, but... No, it's not on Anime Network either. I'll just pick this part out. No one will know that. (laughs) (laughs) The theme of this podcast, and no one will know. Yes. Um... Welcome back to Manga in Your Ears. Helen and Corey are with me. Hey-o. I think they Hello. are. <laughs> yes, definitely. We are, yeah. we are back in a new year to, to talk about some more manga. So we always have uh, two different ones. So the first one, our completed series, is um, a one-shot called Embrace Your Size, My Own Body Positivity by Hara. And it is, um, it's put out, I want to get this right. This is a yen press one. Like I said, it's a it's a one shot book. It's sort of a a series of a series of chapters or short comics about body positivity. So the it's written by um, a plus size author named Hara. That's uh, the only introduction that she gives in the bit in the beginning of the book, and she essentially takes us through her journey with. Um, accepting her body and what body positivity looks for her and uh the one shot is broken up i guess into like five different sections and i'm kind of trying to take a look here so you start out with when she's younger where she originally thought um i need to lose weight um the second part is like her encounter with body positive positivity what she sees online um and ads and as she learns more about it um and then the third part is like where body positivity starts to change her life um and then the fourth section is titled what gave me courage where she sees different movies including the movie hairspray and then it gives her courage to like to accept herself as she is um and then the final part is body positivity and my future self where she talks with um i think it's a japanese model about like body image in japan um i had never heard of this before we uh selected this for the podcast this week and i wasn't sure what i would think about it but i feel like i say this all the time but but i really enjoyed it and i related more than i thought i would to the to the main character struggle with her body more from like a disability perspective so it's not quite the same struggle that she has but um sort of how you look in clothes how your body looks differently the the voices you hear in your head from society because your body is very different i definitely related to those so this is one where i finished it and i'm like oh i want to read this again like i really enjoyed it and the character but what did you think Ellen? yeah i really enjoyed this one as well um i think the relatability aspect is very uh prescient for me in this one too like i'm not i'm obviously not a woman uh or perhaps not obviously but i am not a woman uh and i'm not a a plus sized person at all i'm just an average sized man uh five seven one thirty since high school it's kind of horrifying to think about for other people uh but i am blessed with this metabolism and i will i will run with it um but like there are a lot of things that uh have commonalities with not just being fat and being 
uh, ostracized for being fat, but like, uh, I am also Asian and people have been like, why is your nose so flat? And like, that's, uh, a relative comp that you could make. That's it's just like people are othering you for being, uh, not this ideal view of, uh, what you could or should be. Um, and I think that's, that's really very relatable on a base level. And she, uh, Hara goes into a lot of things in the manga that's like, I never noticed that uh, for a glasses egg, you could just have a plus size model in a glasses egg because why would body size matter at all for that? And uh, by the same token, I mean, I can say that I be that I definitely need like children's size glasses, basically <laughs> for my petite size face. <laughs> well, you know, we all have different body types. Um, but yeah, like, why can't you have plus size models? Why can't you have Asian models for for various things? I mean, there are a lot of comps that you can make for to plus size fact to to anything else. Um, but it does a really good job of uh, just like shaving away your fact phobia if you have it at all. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it shaves it away. Not hopefully you are fact phobic. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had a bit of a complicated relationship with my weight for the past few years since I had the triple whammy of. Suddenly a more sedentary job, grad school, which just gives you, like, an absolutely crazy schedule. Like, I, I was telling my coworkers that so many of my classes were, like, 6 to 9 p.m. that my eating schedule would be so thrown off. I would just be sitting there in the middle of class wearing my I am very tired hoodie and just staring down my professor as I ate dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was one of the better students, so I got, I got away with it. But between all that and also being on some medications, which gaining weight is a side effect of antidepressants, it turns out. Um, I have been unhappy with my weight for quite a while. You know, I was like, oh, okay, 2020, I'm finally settled in a new job, everything. And then, you know, I, I don't trust the people in my apartment complex. So that's kind of limited, like, gym options. Um, yeah, so when she's talking about sweats in the early part of the volume, I'm like, yep, I feel that I refuse to go back to uncomfy pants. I used to wear jeans a lot of my work, just since uh, at my job, you never know what days you're going to have to, like crawl on the floor or climb on top of some cabinets but now i've just gotten like ll being like professional looking pants with very stretchy waistbands i'm like you know what it's it's not worth the frustration every morning of feeling like oh this is uncomfortable i'm like i i am still in my sweats for life position which i think a lot of people probably are after the pandemic for any number of reasons but yeah, yeah. I, I was done with my thought you can go ahead <laughs> no i was gonna say she actually does uh mention um medication at the end about like medica about this you can uh gain weight just as a side effect of medication which is something that i have also dealt with in the past couple of years on top of the pandemics my body looks completely different than it's looked for the last 30s of my life so it's been an adjustment too so i think if you ever struggle with your weight at all there's something to relate to here but she also talks about like that she just made assumptions that certain things were her makeup certain styles of clothes they just it it's like it never even crossed her mind that they could be for her and I related to that a lot even if it's from a different lens like being disabled so certain things to me make my disability more obvious so there's certain things I won't wear etc and it just she said it never crossed her mind to just play with those things to just try them out and see what they looked like because she had just automatically assumed that they weren't meant for her so i related to that a lot and the the manga actually kind of made me think like maybe i will try those things you know it's a new year it's 2023 maybe i'll just go try those things so for me like i i really took a lot more out of this than i thought she would and then i appreciate it like 
the last part of it because she talks with uh, I think it is a Japanese plus size model and just like what what her experience has been um, as a plus size person in Japan and things that they would like to see change. I kind of thought that is where a lot of that's what the manga would actually focus on, but it really is about her her own personal journey with her body. And then I thought it was fun, like, there's one chapter where she talks about, like, the movies that she watched that really influenced her. And there are things like, there's Hairspray and one other movie. And I haven't actually seen all of that movie. And I'm like, maybe I should go watch that. But she <laughs> talks about a couple of movies that, like, we would probably be there with um, and how they impacted her. But I'm kind of flipping through it now. And there's a scene even where, like, I don't know what the... She talks about how much she loves to, and in one of her drawings, she draws someone that looks like her, and she's a kid, I guess, and the kids are like, well, why is she fat? And she's like, what, what do you all mean? She just, that's just the way she looks. And so those are kind of where she learned that the way she looks doesn't form. I thought it was interesting that she didn't really realize that until other people told her, and that, that's been my experience as well, that you don't really necessarily always feel different until other people. Yep. Yeah, the movie was called I Feel Pretty Scaring. Amy Schumer, who is like relatively problematic now, but I don't think in 2018 the movie's uh, subject is probably fine. But um, there's another one called. Was she wearing a fat suit in the movie? Because if this is the um, actress I'm thinking of, she's she's not plus size. <laughs> Amy Schumer, no. Uh, she, I don't know if she's plus size, but she's not like the stereotypical view of an actor body you would you would think of either. I am um, totally thinking of somebody else then. Uh, there's the Netflix movie called Dumplin', I think. That was also very good. Um, starring a plus-size actress. Uh, also 2018, coincidentally. Um, I haven't seen Harrisburg either. Like, I love musicals, but I haven't seen a lot of them. Um, that's a tangent. Back to the point that I was going to make. Harrisburg uh, <laughs> is fun, and it's set in Baltimore, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the, the makeup thing was very relatable to me. Like, I don't wear makeup uh i could wear makeup but i guess i guess don't um but i do do like face care stuff and like men uh do face care like wash your face moisturize your face moisturize uh your body really um, if you feel like you're having acne issues please talk to a doctor it is not unmanly to like be like hey i hate my acne please yeah. help yeah uh and i didn't go well i did go to a doctor in iowa about it and she like prescribed me some stuff and it didn't really help but like what did help is just washing my face regularly, which seems like a dumb thing to say. But like I just got some skincare products from Ulta and uh it just felt overwhelming to walk in there or even to like go online. But um there's a great scene in the manga where it's like she's looking around, it's like, oh, there's here's this high school girl that's like, I've never worn makeup, can you help me please? And then here's this high school boy who's like, I want to buy something for my girlfriend. Then here's this office lady who's like, I need exactly this. And uh, it's like all all kinds of different people going to apartment stores or to makeup stores or to wherever to get stuff. Uh, and you're gonna, you can be one of those people. It's okay, you don't need that much experience or you can be extremely experienced. Um, but people are there to help you. They're there next, next to their job. It was funny because just before the podcast, I was stopping in CVS and I was picking up some more makeup things. And I was thinking to myself, sometimes it's more fun to buy makeup and think about using it than it is to actually put in the effort of putting it on. Mm-hmm. Just since I was like, oh, I want like a, a new face primer because I really like how this one looks. That minimizes pores, but I think I'm having an allergic reaction to it. So I really shouldn't be using it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um... But yeah, speaking of never thinking about like not doing something, 
So the flip side to me being uncomfortable about just parts of my weight, it's mostly my stomach, is that um, I cosplay and I sew, so I'm kind of intimately familiar with my potty measurements at all times. And also, there are a lot of amazing cosplayers out there who are plus size. And it's like, how can you look at like these cool things that they're making and these photos they're taking and not think that they look great, you know, and not as like they're an inspiration. But in my mind, it's always been a yes, cosplay is for everyone. So, you know, this me being unhappy about my weight is not going to stop me from whatever I've currently decided I'm going to try it out to do, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of my approach to life in general. Like life is too short to wait to do things, which is why, you know, I'm I'm still just going to work and I'm just wearing the comfy pants. Instead of yes. trying to fit into jeans again. Good double entendre, Kim. I don't know what double entendre I just made. You said wait to do things. Oh. That was good. I didn't think it, it was an unintentional, but I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think even just flipping through it now, I think this is one of the things, too, where social media can also help and hurt. But I think in her case, it helped a lot. Like, it exposed her to people that looked like her. And I think that's been... That's been my experience as well, or it's been helpful because I have a disability that is pretty common, but I don't really see a lot of people with it. But then when you get online and you see people like you or they, I didn't know I could wear those kinds of shoes or I didn't know I could wear that kind of outfit and look a particular way. The more you see it, the more normalized it becomes for you. That part of her journey I'd like to see because she really is in a different place in the beginning of the manga than visit the end. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of that has to do with being in high school and the societal pressures around uh children that are terrible or um even younger from some of the stories than high school but um yeah and then that just like gets ingrained in you for a long time like wearing nice clothes gives you some sort of confidence sometimes and sometimes you're just like i am not worthy of wearing this and i should not be wearing this like i felt both of those things uh for various reasons so like it's very good. I never feel either of those emotions, which is probably why I cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I definitely re- relate to Corey, too. It's, it's She has a scene, too, where, like, um, maybe she's going to a job or a job interview. Like, she dresses up in, like, a suit to go to, like, an interview and how, like, subconscious he is. Even though she looks nice, she's wearing something completely different and how she thinks. Everybody's staring at her and she just wants to go home and it's super hard, even though she looks great. Like, I... it. I think it is, it does sound like a weird concept if you don't experience that, but you can like feel unworthy of your clothes or feel like almost like you're, oh, this isn't really me. I'm being silly. Like I shouldn't even. So it, it I think it's a common feeling, but it, it, it does come across really strange, like to someone that's never had that. So there are a lot of the chapters are pretty short, but she packs a lot of like films into each chapter. So I feel like um, I think the book is short, maybe 20 pages or then like a normal sized manga. But I feel like there's a lot in here and a lot of stuff that maybe you revisit if you um, enjoyed it like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, one of my favorite parts of the manga is just like several times throughout it. She caveats it like this is my experience. It may not work for you. It may work for you, uh, but explore what's most comfortable for you. And that's OK. Yeah, and that was reflected in some of the magazines she mentioned, looking at, like, one that was like, you know, here are some tips if you want to, like, um, like tuck in your shirt in a certain way, and, you know, maybe they'll, you'll like how that looks, maybe you won't. You know, just giving people options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely yeah, think it- that you shouldn't, shouldn't look to any of these essay mangas, like, the one true answer, um, but just options. And she also mentions right. that when she was, like, grabbing, like, a whole bunch of different fashion magazines for inspiration for clothes and she was like wow i kind of thought they would have like one you know this is it but 
even though they're all coming out at the same time, they've all got vastly different trends to cover. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good way to wrap this one up. I think for me, it just showed me different options. Like, I, I know that in a lot of ways, this is relatable for a lot of people. For me, it like just sort of gave me some options. I think you get tied in. Some people get tied into who they think they are, so then certain things are for them. And I think just watching a character be like, you know what, I'm just going to try this. I've never thought about this before, and I'm going to try it. I think just having that, like, I, that's kind of what I took away from it, is that their options have been a little bit. But with that, if we don't have any more thoughts on this one, we'll take a short break and jump into our second series. We're back, and we are now going to talk about Akane Banashi, which is uh, in the Shonen Jump uh, app. There are four volumes out currently, uh, and 44 chapters on Wikipedia, but I think that's a couple off, right? I probably should have looked that up before. I think so. But like everything's like on break for um, the winter holiday, so it's kind of hard to remember you know, yeah. what chapter we're up to. <laughs> yeah, and I also never remember what chapter I'm up to with anything. Um, so I'll just stall for some more time while I look for it. It's not on the front page. Uh, let's edit it all out. No one will know. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it is. 44 chapters. All right. Uh, last chapter came out on Christmas. Um, looks by Yuki Suenaga and illustrated by Takamasa Moe. The main character, Akane, is, um, 17 years old during the majority of it, but she's younger than that at the beginning as she admires her father and his Rakugo. But when he was in a um, promote, uh, potentially being promoted in the, the Rakugo uh, hierarchy, um, his entire class got uh, expelled from, from the whole Rakugo world by their teacher. And Akane at that point said she is going to get revenge on, on, uh, on the person that expelled his gag, whose name is, I don't okay. remember. And also, what? technically, it wasn't even his teacher who expelled him. It was someone else at the same school who expelled all of them. Oh, man. I completely Because remember, Akane's learning from the same teacher who taught her dad. And that was the guy who's like, yeah, I'm still not quite sure why this other guy went ahead and did all this. You know, <laughs> we're all still kind of shook up by this, like five years later. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, she jumps into the rock girl world. She starts learning from... Um, her gag's former teacher, with the blessing of her mom. Um, and from there, we just get to the point where she eventually becomes uh, Zenza, the lowest rank of the Rakugo world, uh, and she tries to take the Rakugo world by a storm. I think I described it better in the Top Anime podcast when I talked about it then, but um, I obviously liked it a lot because it was in my top three manga of 2022, but what did you two think? I liked this one. Like, So I read all of the chapters that were out, which is always like a an accomplishment for me so i really enjoyed it i wasn't uh we've read i feel like this this can't be our third rakugo series it looks like it's our maybe it's just yeah it's definitely yeah. third since we've done okay. showa genroku rakugo shinju and my master has no tail and that is like that's what the other one's my master probably has no the majority tail. of rakugo manga out there <laughs> probably, it cannot be that many more than like a handful of titles we could become so, a rakugo manga podcast <laughs> yeah, we'll have three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I wasn't really sure what to expect. I'm always like, I feel like these would be better, like as an anime, so that I can hear it or whatever. Not that I can even understand. But anyway, I thought maybe this would be better animated. But I think the main thing that I like about this one is the main character. I just um, what's the word I'm looking for? She just she just goes for it. Like she is she isn't really like easily deterred. Like um, she bumps up against sort of like I don't sort of rules and things that she doesn't understand in the community and she just tries to keep going she takes new experiences and she's like okay i'm gonna learn as much as i can she's not the type of character that like um i don't know that gets like super upset and backs down like oh i can't do this she just she just keeps on going we just move to the next thing and i think it keeps Ori like brisk and interesting and um for me anyway to read all of the chapters that are out feels like high praise for me uh but I, yeah, I think that's the main thing for me is that I really like her, and then like the conflicts that she comes up against don't feel um, don't feel contrived. Like I'm like, okay, that seems plausible. Um, and towards in the later chapters, like I said, she did more like when she finally gets into. I guess it's like I don't know, like when she gets in with a group of. A, I guess she gets like into training with other people in Rakugo, and she sort of like. Like I said, she she kind of bumps up against these rules that she wasn't aware of, or like there are particular things you, you're at the bottom level, like when you're a trainee, and she sort of breaks some of those rules accidentally, but feels like you know I needed to do it at that time. I enjoyed that stuff, like those kind of conflicts that come from her being who she is. That's that's what I enjoyed about it. So, Ellen, <laughs> yeah, my take on it was a bit more lukewarm than you guys. I think like um, Akane is a fun character, but sometimes I felt like She's going along, she's making progress, and then it's like the story ha- goes like, hang on, not quite that direction. We need to recenter, you know, we need to refocus. We need you to be not just good at Rakugo, we need you to be a good, you know, person doing Rakugo. You know, you can't just keep keep going out there and, like, insulting your senpais in your Rakugo, you know, even if they totally deserved it. You know, you, you can't keep doing that. And it was funny since I started reading this after Anime NYC, and when I was at Anime NYC, um, there was a Rakugo performer there. Like, there's like a couple of people who could do it in English, and this guy's one of them. I'd seen him before in DC and figured, might as well. The, the, the Anime NYC schedule was pretty weak, so I was like, I've got time, I'll see this. And when I was in line, you know, I was chatting with some other people, and one person said, yeah, I started reading Akane Banashi, and I like it, so I've come to see this. And so then when I'm reading Akane Banashi, her father is essentially tossed out of the school rather unfairly, but partially because the other teacher thought he was, like, making too many changes to a story, you know, like, just focusing on the wrong things, according to this teacher. And I thought that was so funny because, you know, when I'm seeing this um, Rakugo performer in English, he's not doing as many of, like, the traditional stories. Like, um, you guys remember Jugemu, you know, the one about the kid with the really long name? Like, Mm -hmm. his version of Jugemu is having to perform it basically um, for, like, customs officials coming into the country, which is absolutely hilarious when he does it, but it is not exactly, you know, the classic story of Jugemu and all of these things. And as I understand it, Rakugo is kind of like Shakespeare in that it was really lowbrow comedy at the time. Like, it's not intended to be, like, this austere, high thing. It was meant to be, you know, enjoyed by everyone, and it should have, you know, some give and take, some rhythms and flows, some updates for the times. So the fact that a lot of the story is based on, you know, a teacher going, no, don't do that, but also I am going to be the future of the Rakugo world, I'm going to be, you know, responsible for bringing in more people and keeping this alive, yada, 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 I was like, 
there's a couple of conflicting forces at work here, and it's not intentional, and it's not resolving it for me. So that's my biggest issue with the story, is that sometimes it feels like it's going one way, and then instead of being like gently guided back on other courts, it's like we have to keep tugging at the dog on the leash and be like, nope, stop that, stop, get away from that pole, stop that, we are going over here instead. And I just find that kind of inelegant. It's like, this could definitely be done better. And I wish you had done it better. I didn't hate this series for, series for the record. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, when you ask me my thoughts, it's like, well, the first thought that comes to mind is here's how you did bad. I think that's a, I think that's fair. And I feel like the part with her, with her dad is almost just there to set up that, that like central conflict at the beginning. And that's it. So I could see how you would think that that doesn't necessarily fit in with the thread of the story i don't know i can i can see where your criticism comes from that her dad's rakugo career got fridged for her origin story mm-hmm. her gag's rakugo career guy got a tragic accident of her master his that's master killed that's, him that's what it feels like and we basically haven't even seen him in the story again <laughs> <laughs> he's alive he's just not there yeah i mean yeah i mean we haven't really seen him at all since that first gory and supposedly he's just like a salary man now doing his regular stuff but um i, yeah, I think I would like he more. wasn't like consigned to like a tuna fish sh- ship you know out on the seas <laughs> or something like that <laughs> yeah but i would like to see his reactions to what akane is doing what her uh what her uh, rakugo feels to him i guess uh that was a weird way to say it but i started the sentence so i end the sentence um but yeah i i don't i don't think i quite agree with you helen on your takes but um I, I like the jerkiness of it, maybe, just because uh, being blindsided by tradition in the ways that uh, Rakugo, a hundreds of year old tradition or hundreds of year old old uh, practice, can kind of blindside you with random traditions from way back when, um, and also blindside blindsides Akane. Uh, I think those are those are rather interesting. It's like. Um, we, the audience, are being as blindsided as Akane in it. Uh, I didn't dislike it. In many ways, I think this is just a very Shonen Jump-style story with, you know, Rakugo performances instead of battles. But it's kind of easy to predict which ones Akane is going to win, you know, either metaphorically or literally in the case of a competition, and which one she's not going to, you know, because you can't have the person get, you know, really good all at once. You know, they need time for character development and getting your ass kicked as character development, question mark? Yes, that's correct. Corey was talking about Bleach again before the podcast, so I was thinking about that. <laughs> he must first lose to uh, Byakuya to, to be able to beat Kenpachiya. Corey, is this something that you would follow, as, if you're not already, something that you would follow as it came out? Because I was thinking about my, that, that myself before we started, and I think I would wait for like more chapters to build up. Um, so I, can't, I don't really see myself reading this chapter for chapter, but what did you think you would if you're not already? Uh, I try to read the Jump comics every week or every couple weeks. Um, if I don't read uh, one of them, I will not read any of them, <laughs> is how I work. Um, so I just catch up with Jump whenever I remember. I try to remember every Sunday, but it doesn't always happen. And this one I've been following, I think, since the either the first chapter or like the first couple chapters. So um, I've been really enjoying this one, unlike some of the other ones that I start. Yeah, I definitely think it's something that I would pick up you know, because I read them all, the last one, that Christmas one. So um, I definitely think I would read it once some more chapters built up. And then oh, I don't I don't necessarily want to. So I won't. It's not <laughs> a huge spoiler, but I don't want to spoil anything that late into. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's a 
it still has that feel to it. And I think I would like to know more about her character. Like, she's fun, but I feel like we don't know a ton about her, except that, like, this is what she... Um, so I would like to know a little bit about her and some of the other characters, too, because, like, I can't... Maybe it's me, but I can't fully keep track of everybody. Like, they're, they're, she's run into several other characters her age. And sometimes I'm like, okay, she met them here, but these are in the group, and I just can't keep track of everybody. So I would like to learn more about them just so I could keep track of it better. But, yeah, I think it still feels like a very shonen series, but I... The Rakugo part is interesting to me just because I'm not as familiar with it. But yeah, I I would look at this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I always struggle with the dumb characters' names just because I read them all at once. Maybe that's a flaw on, on my part. I can split <laughs> them up a little bit. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, well, any, any closing thoughts on, uh, <laughs> on Kane Bonashi? I think it's one of those ones where I'm. This is another series where I'm glad that we have the podcast because I would not have thought this on my own. It's something that once some more comes out, I'll look at. It. I'm not like clamoring to read some more, but uh, yeah, that's what the podcast is for. Hopefully, you all will listen and maybe go check it out. What about you, Helen? Any final thoughts? I'm so glad that Shonen Jump just lets you read a whole bunch of stuff for like two or three bucks a month. Uh-huh. You know, that's just great. <laughs> Controversially raised their price by a dollar, and it's still totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at that, po- that point, it's, like, only, like, $3 a month instead of 2 and it's, like... Yeah. No Yu-Gi-Oh card with it anymore, though. <laughs> I wouldn't have any use for them anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's close out this episode. Where can we find everyone on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Ren. I'm still there in the year 23, and I still... And Twitter has not died yet, but who knows when that will change? Like, every Thursday not night, yet. like, something seems to go down. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at London Dreamer, and in case Twitter ever goes down, you can find me um, uh, writing manga and light novel reviews at the OASG uh, dot com. Right now, I'm doing a trying to catch up of stuff for like the winter anime season. You know, the plan was always, you know, let's review the source material before the adaptation comes out, and that just sort of fell flat on its face. I'm still working on it though. Well, uh, you know, we can only do our best. Uh, Corey, where can we find you? Oh, um. You can find me on Twitter, X, Taikumenko, it's T-A-I-I-K-U-M-E-N-C-O. Uh, you can find podcast on Twitter at Monging Your Ears. Um, and you can find all of our episodes over at taikupodcast.com. X spelled like my angle, but with podcast. Um, and uh, is that it? I think that's it. The end. Happy New See Year. you guys in a few weeks. Bye. Bye. if you feel like a girl, then you I know it's ending right there.